And welcome in, everybody, to Off of the Helmets. Good Friday afternoon to you. Time to talk Dallas Cowboys football. Off of the Helmets, courtesy today of DSP Media and Fam Stream Sports. I'm Brady Tinker. The 10-3 and Dallas Cowboys will be getting on an airplane in the next day or so to head to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars in front of 50,000 or so Cowboys fans sitting all around them in Florida. Happy damn holidays, Jags fans. Meet the massive Cowboys fan base. And by the way, it's supposed to be 60 degrees and sunny as our team arrives in Florida. That's pretty good. And oh, by the way, if the Cowboys win this game, they clinch a playoff berth. Sounds pretty good to me. The 10-3 Cowboys traveling to Jacksonville to take on the 5-8 Jaguars. Let's get into it right here on Off of the Helmets, courtesy of DSP Media and FanStream Sports. So here we go. The Dallas Cowboys are winners of four straight. And despite the conversations you may be having at the water cooler about your displeasure with last week's narrow win over the Houston Texans. It's a four-game winning streak. They have the second-best record in the NFL at 10-3. and three. And if you want to critique, great against Minnesota to start the winning streak. Very good against the New York Giants. Almost perfect, really, in some manner, against Indianapolis. And then almost trapped and beaten, but not against the Texans. Good teams win games, especially in December. The Cowboys are 10-3. and three. I'm damn pleased about it. I think they're pretty good. So don't critique wins in the NFL, even when it comes to your team. Critique the rules. There's way too many. The officiating, it's way too involved because there's now a guy who explains what the official says in the booth next to Romo, which seems to me to be a bad indicator. Critique the personalized cleats that raise money that the young men get to wear on the field. Even critique the legal end zone celebration, some of which have gotten pretty good about the Dallas Cowboys. But don't critique NFL wins. Good teams win, especially in November and December. And by the way, the Cowboys are 9-1 and one now in December under Mike McCarthy. That's tied for the most December wins with the Chiefs, who lost for the first time with Pat Mahomes at the helm ever in December. The Cowboys news is this. Future Hall of Fame left tackle Tyron Smith, I would say, is about 85% to come off the injured list officially, be active, and start. He's left tackle, as we all know. He's a damn good one. He pounds that defensive end in the chest or up in the shoulder area, and shoulders get dislocated. He's a bad man. I know that he's had his injury history throughout, but he is going to the Hall of Fame, and he is a true Dallas Cowboy. Now, where's he going to play? Well, the news seems to be that they're working him at right tackle. So this goes back to something Bill Parcells mentioned to all of us in a press conference probably dozens of times, and that is, so you've got an issue at left tackle. You want to bring in a new left tackle, albeit a good one, move the left tackle to left guard, move the left guard out, and let someone else play right tackle. Okay. That seems like a lot of shifting when Tyron Smith himself got back to practice and said, I'll play wherever you want. If you want me to play right tackle this week, I'll try. So they're working on a myriad, apparently, of different things they're going to do on the offensive line. And the reason that's a little disconcerting is, is that this team has been at the top five in the NFL this year with consistency of snaps played on the offensive line. Roughly 97% of the snaps taken have been by the same guys at the same positions almost all year, partially. That's why your team is running the football so good. Plus, they have a couple of good running backs. So it's a big deal. As I've always told you, offensive linemen love to tell me, we're fat and we're big and we're strong, but it's a damn ballet up there. 
and I know where his ass goes this way and the angles that he takes with his feet and his ankles and the way that he's going to get his hands set when he backs up to, to pass block or when he goes forward to run block. We all know that about each other, and we can close our eyes and sense where the other person is going to go or where they're supposed to go on every play. So when you start plugging people in or moving them from here to here to here to here, it's as big a deal on the offensive line as it is anywhere on any team on a football Sunday. We know this, uh, Jason Peters, if that happens, if it's Tyler Smith at left tackle, Connor McGovern at left guard, the days at center and all world Zach Martin at right guard and Tyron Smith at right tackle, then I anticipate Jason Peters then is the fill-in or the rotation piece on the left side for Tyler Smith and or Connor McGovern and Josh Ball. And I hear the groans because Josh Ball had a couple of bad plays last week. But then metrically, he was very good, actually. The two bad plays were catastrophic nearly, nearly maybe were in part cause for the Cowboys almost losing that football game. I'll grant you that. Um, but he graded out very well in the other 23 plays that he played. So take it for what it's worth. Josh Ball is going to be inserted in and out of this lineup. Honestly, he's all they got. They've worked him all season to get to this point, and Jason Peters is 40-some years old, and Tyron Smith is 37 years old, coming off an injury and playing in his first game of the year. Josh Ball's going to play, so cross your fingers and root that he can do his job without having anything massively bad happen. So who's on the IR? We already know this, but let's think about it again. Jordan Lewis and now Anthony Brown, two starting cornerbacks. On the IR, what do they do about that? Well, you saw Deron Bland, um, the rookie from Fresno State last week, had six tackles. You remember the first game he played in, he had an interception. The Cowboys have a ton of love for and faith in Deron Bland. A little less for Kelvin Joseph, who's been here another year. You remember that draft. Kelvin's just 23 years old, out of Kentucky, and honestly seems to be in the right place most of the time but doesn't seem to play with the confidence that Duran Bland, the rookie, already does. And, and that's the big difference. Where's the football? How comfortable you are with your positioning, your angles, and the way you're going to play each person that you cover and defend. And Joseph looks sort of terrified. And Duran Bland looks like he's been doing it 15 years. And that's a big difference. The other guy that you might see some more is Israel McQuamu, who basically has been a safety for this team but did play cornerback at South Carolina. It's his second year, and I know the Cowboys really like him as well. The rest of the defense, uh, in terms of injury reports, Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong, your two stud defensive ends, have been limited in practice all week. Demarcus with about three things, Dorrance Armstrong with an ankle. Tight end Jake Ferguson, who when he's played has been a really good blocker and is getting more effective catching the football, hasn't practiced this week, and I don't really have – notice on why. Uh, Dante Fowler has not practiced in the last two days. I did not get an update on him today. And J. Ron Kurse left the game with a separated shoulder last week, then went back in and just started playing some more. He's been limited, as you might imagine, this week, but he's playing. Kind of guys you want on your football team. As for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're not paying close attention, I don't blame you. Despite being five and eight, they are still potentially in the playoff hunt because in their division, the Tennessee Titans have now lost three games in a row and seem a little rudderless. Their coach is rumored to be wanted other places and thinking about going somewhere else, and maybe it's coming apart a little bit. 
because they're having trouble scoring points. They've been well coached, but they are now struggling. And I've seen it happen through the years with NFL teams. As the seasons get longer, things happen. Dispositions change. Uh, winning attitudes turn to, uh-oh, we might be in trouble. Seems to be happening with the Titans. The Jaguars are kind of going the other direction. They've won three of four. So you say five and eight, they suck. They don't suck. And they've won three of four, and they're a young team, and they have a really good head coach in Doug Peterson, who just in 2017, not that long ago, won a Super Bowl, you'll remember, for the Philadelphia Eagles. So he knows this Cowboys team as well. Jaguars are potentially in it. Meaningful football games in December for the Jaguars have been very rare for the last 12 years. Very rare. So they're going to embrace that. Peterson's going to play that up. The fans will split the number of seats there are in that stadium with the Cowboys, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. Trevor Lawrence is their quarterback, and you remember that he was heralded to be the next great thing. Wasn't too good last year, but that was sort of a cluster, you know what? This year with Doug Peterson, things have solidified with him, and he is now sitting on 20 touchdowns, six INTs, and depending on which metric you look at, rated as high as number seven or eight in NFL quarterbacks. QBR, I think he's 12 or 13. That would be ahead of Dak at this point. All of that is somewhat meh as far as how much it means exactly to every person and in every game but trevor lawrence doing well 3200 yards passing 218 yards rushing he's mobile uh he's smart and he's getting better and better and he has good wide receivers we'll get to them in a minute but running back travis etienne has been the big difference for him hurt most of his first year uh he's a bit banged up now so his pace is slow but he's sitting on 815 yards and four touchdowns he's going to gain a thousand yards he's effective out of the backfield with 215 yards receiving and this kid's a player now he has been more limited probably not very well said in the last three or four games because etienne is uh suffering through some aches this, these are long seasons this essentially is his first season in the nfl and you get to this point this is more games more carries more hits than a guy like that has ever taken in his life so you can understand him slowing down but he is explosive he's a really good player the wide receivers that trevor lawrence throws to you'll especially remember christian kirk who went to texas a&m who started his career with arizona He's going to gain 1,000 yards. He's at 874. I think he's got seven touchdowns. Came out of AM. I always thought he was underrated in this league. He got really paid to go to Jacksonville and be their number one. And if you're a pundit, you're like, he ain't no number one. Maybe not, but he's pretty damn good. And the truth is, if you really want to critique number ones, there's really not one here in Dallas either. Zay Jones is the number two wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars and has been hot lately. The number one thing you'll notice with him, because he'll do it this week, is he drops passes. But he's also very fast, very smooth in and out of his routes, and he's really been the favorite receiver of Trevor Lawrence in the last two or three weeks. So does Diggs move to Zay Jones because he's been the hot receiver? Maybe, maybe. He's probably also a little bit faster than Christian Kirk, or does he stick with Kirk because Kirk for the year has been the bell cow? I, I don't know. Evan Ingram's tight end, you know, played for the Giants for his first four years in his career. It's 548 yards and four touchdowns. And if you happen to have him on your fantasy team last week, he probably got you about 35 or 40 points. 11 catches, 162 yards and two touchdowns at Tennessee for Evan Ingram last week. So there are weapons, especially on the offensive side of the football, for this Jacksonville team. This is a game that I was worried was a trap game until last week happened and then that was the trap game the cowboys barely got out of the trap but it was sure a nice 98 yard drive and a great effort by a quarterback and by the way when all is said and done mike mccarthy mentioned this 
doesn't matter once you get into the game who you're playing. When you're in a street yard fight in December with another NFL team and they're treating you poorly, you find out about your team when the game is over and, and who steps up and whose head drops and who's shocked that you're losing to a bad team or who steps up and make plays. So really, you want to say, oh, it's against the Texans. I want to say 98 yards when you had to and score right at the end of the football game. And it was probably Dak Prescott's best drive of the year. His second best drive may have been the first drive of the game. So I don't care who was against. Those were two really good drives. And those are things that raise my spirits for this quarterback as you head into these last four games and what you're planning on getting done in the playoffs. And that is this guy, Dak Prescott, that we like so much, has got to be able to get on the field. And just like we feel about Mahomes or or the Buffalo quarterback or Rodgers or Brady or, or whatever else, six or seven other guys, the Cincinnati quarterbacks on fire. Just like we feel about those guys where you're like, well, here they come. Three minutes left in the game, and let's hope we can hold them to a field goal because they're definitely going to go down and score. We have to be able to feel that way about Dak Prescott, and I'm getting there more and more. You want to talk about the interceptions, and we'll get to that, but overall, I want him going for it like he has been. He does have to limit the interceptions, and Jerry threw him underneath the bus on the radio this week as well, saying, okay, I like Dak saying he's going to be aggressive. I like the offense being more aggressive. We are going to have to score points, but aggressive doesn't have to mean eight interceptions in six games. Agreed. The Jacksonville defense gives up roughly 25 points a game. Their offense scores roughly 22. They are plus five in turnover ratio, which puts them in the top 10 in the NFL. The Cowboys are plus eight, which puts them in the top five. The Jags have given up 1,000 more yards passing this year on defense than have the Cowboys. 1,000 yards. They've given up 13 rushing touchdowns. The Cowboys have only given up seven. You see the differences between a really, really good defense and one that needs more players. That's the Cowboys versus the Jaguars in this setup. But head coach Doug Peterson, 2017 Super Bowl champion, knows what he's doing. He knows about a lot of the guys on this team, and he will be ready for the Dallas Cowboys in this game. Travis Etienne can play. Lawrence can play. Those receivers can play. And don't kid yourself, this is a huge game for Jacksonville to stay with any hope of making the playoffs. And it's also, same as it every week it is every week for our team, for Jacksonville, it's fucking Dallas Cowboys week. And they hate the Dallas Cowboys. They will be coming after the Cowboys. Peterson will have drawn up his best game plan. This is going to be another hard game. Now, if the Cowboys play well and you can get Dak to stop turning the football over, then the truth is, this could still be a comfortable 17-point win. It wouldn't surprise me at all, especially based on how poorly overall the Cowboys played last week against the Texans. Still, winners of five in a row, still 10-3. and three. And if you peek ahead a little bit, it's Philadelphia the next week and then two more after that on the road. But this thing still has the chance. I just pulled it up here and I was looking at it and I'm like, well, let's see. Philadelphia's 12-1. and one. The Cowboys are 10-3. and three. Philadelphia plays this week at Chicago. Three win Chicago. Are they losing that game? Probably not. On the other hand, have you watched Justin Fields in the last four or five weeks? Dangerous. Have you noticed that the Eagles have almost lost to the Lions, Jags, Cards, and Colts, and they did lose to Washington? I'll tell you again. The Lions, the Jags, the Cardinals, and the Colts came very close to beating the Philadelphia Eagles this year. So certainly, Justin Fields at home in Chicago wants to prove to everyone and himself, hey, I'm the next Jalen Hurts. 
I'm bigger than he is. I have a better arm than he does. I might be faster than he is. And I'm the coming of Jalen Hurts. Maybe Jalen Hurts isn't special. Maybe I am. Well, Jalen Hurts is special. But as Micah Parsons pointed out this week, and he got taken out of context sometimes because we do that sometimes. He commented when someone said, what about Jalen Hurts as an MVP? And I think his first comment was he has a really good defense and a lot of really good players around him. That wasn't meant to be a slight. It's true. It's true. Aaron Rodgers is struggling this year because his defense is not too bad and his offense and his skill position players aren't very good. That's part of the reason he's struggling, that and that he's a bitch. But it matters who's on your football team. It, it, it just matters. So, yes, the Philadelphia Eagles are good, deep, probably deeper than the Cowboys, especially as we sit here with injuries at defensive tackle and at cornerback and some of the key positions, and we have to shuffle things at right tackle. Everybody's got injuries at this point in the season, but the Eagles are on a roll. In the last three games, I believe they've outscored their opponent 123-65. to 65. They haven't had any issues in the last three games, but the, but the Eagles are gettable. I promise you. And we will see how good Jalen Hurts is. The Eagles could lose at the Bears. They could. You you keep an eye on that on Sunday, that that game doesn't get sort of high scoring and that the Bears aren't running up and down the football field a little bit with two decent running backs and a quarterback who's essentially a running back and throwing an occasional good pass. If the Eagles happen to turn it over a couple times, a bad bounce or something happens, the Eagles could lose. If the Eagles lose, they're 12 and 2. When the Cowboys beat the Jaguars, they are 11 and 3. And then they play Christmas Eve. How great is that going to be for us? If they if they Cowboys beat them on Christmas Eve, the records are the same. The conference records will be the same. And the division record, as we sit here right now, is the same. This will come down to tiebreakers. Now, without having it in front of me, I will tell you that the Cowboys play their final two games on the road and the Eagles play their final two games at home. This doesn't stack up great, but we've also seen stranger things happen in the last several weeks of an NFL season, haven't we? Bottom line is here, win or lose, catch Philadelphia or not, this is a playoff team. And what you want in these last four games is more momentum, right? You want more health and you want more momentum. This is when the teams that we're used to watching win. The Packers, the Patriots, the Chiefs lately, um, who else? Uh, Tampa Bay lately, San Francisco, no doubt. Um, Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City. This is when those teams, and especially I always come back to Belichick because he's won more than that in the last 15 years. Belichick's teams tend to struggle a bit, if they will, early, get it going a little in the middle, and then win their last six. And all of a sudden you're like, man, early in the season, I thought their secondary was trash, but now they're all of a sudden playing great. It's vintage Belichick, especially as it comes to his defenses improving in the second half. For the Cowboys, it's kind of, a flip, isn't it? I mean, this Cowboys defense was really good last year, led the league in turnovers, he is plus eight in the turnover ratio this year. They forced 12 fumbles and recovered. They forced probably 25, recovered 12. They have 11 interceptions, which is down a little bit because Diggs doesn't have 10 already. Uh, but this is really a good team, and this is a defense-based team whose running game got better this year and whose passing game is now coming around, right? Had to get used to Amari Cooper not being here. Had to get through Dalton Schultz having injuries and Dak missing four or five games. But you don't have to turn the ball over, says Jerry Jones, to be aggressive, and I agree with that. If you hearken back to Dak getting hurt in week number one against Tampa, 
where the Cowboys lost, I think, 19-3, to but it seemed much worse than that. It seemed like the season was also over as the young man left, and he's got a broken something, and they're going to put plates in, and he's going to miss six to eight weeks. And then, oh, by the way, Tyron didn't even play in the first game and won't play till week 10, or now, as it turns out, week 15. It's, it's curtains. But the redheaded quarterback stepped in, Cooper Rush, and in his four-game winning streak through zero interceptions. Now, they were conservative. They mostly ran the ball. The defense stepped up and said, we got this shit. But zero interceptions for Cooper Rush in his four straight wins. Yes, he threw three against the Eagles in his last appearance, and then Dak came back. But the point is made, zero interceptions in four wins under Cooper Rush is a major reason the Cowboys won those four games and saved the season. So Mike McCarthy had his hands all over that offense and that point of view and mindset in that five-game stretch when Dak was out, when Cooper Rush had to start. He had his hands all over it. We're going to play defense. We're going to punt the ball. We're going to kick the ball. We're going to run the ball. And we'll throw it on play action. We'll throw it certain times. And we never want to throw it. If everything goes well, we never want to throw it third and 15 or even third and nine. So that's what they did, and they got it done, and they did it very well, especially in that four-game winning streak. They struggled against the Eagles, but that saved the season. Point being, you don't have to throw turnovers to be aggressive. Now, I have been all over you and everyone else saying, okay, Dak's back eight games. In his first three or four games, he still didn't look like himself. He, he just didn't. He flat did not look like himself. He looked like he doubted his lower body. Maybe the hand was still a little numb or, or lacked feeling or, or toughness or whatever. Sorry, I have a nose itch. Um, but I wanted him more aggressive. And at some point, he now last three or four weeks, he keeps using he keeps using the phrase, I'm going to continue to be more aggressive. And Jerry's getting tired of hearing it because he spoke up this week. But but I'm not. The truth is, this quarterback needs to be the guy who can step in there and go 98 yards when you need him to, or 48 yards to get a field goal, whatever it may be. He needs to be of the mindset that I'm the shit. That's what he needs to think. And I think he's getting there more and more. Now it's 14 touchdowns. And it's eight or nine interceptions, and that seems a little bit heavy, and it is. But there are four games left. All of those little tweaks can be made. Let's see what Tyron Smith at right tackle, if that's what happens, what that looks like this week since Terrence Steele is out. And easy math says, well, Tyron's a better player than Terrence Steele. We should be better. I don't think the math's that easy. Terrence Steele was very, very good this year. There were plenty of games where you and I said nothing about Terrence Steele. Perfect, right? Uh, so Tyron's here. He's going to give this group a lift by being back. He already has. He is a leader there. He is quietly one of the baddest men I've ever met. And everyone that's out there knows it. And anyone that lines up a defensive end against Tyron Smith, even in drills, that gets off the line and gets, boom, this in his chest shoulder area. Literally, I've been in Oxnard twice, I think, when he dislocated some poor bastard shoulder, just doing the basic punch on passing protection. He is so strong and so bad and has such good footwork and is one of the all-time great Cowboys that he gives them a lift. I, I promise you, Tyler Bidays is glad that he's over there. Zach Martin, th these guys are all happy that he's here. And Tyler Smith has absolutely soaked up everything Tyron Smith has had to give him this year. And by the way, as long as we're passing out accolades, do we not have to say that Tyler Smith has been a euphoric wonderful find. I mean, early round draft pick that seemed like a bit of a stretch. Oh, by the way, one of the most penalized tackles in all of college football. Oh, the, by the way, he only played at Tulsa. He wasn't in the SEC getting pushed around. He was at Tulsa committing penalties. 
oh, welcome to the Dallas Cowboys, where in 2021, we committed the third most penalties in the NFL. This ought to be fine. All of us were thinking, oh, shit. And then Tyron's not going to play. But certainly Tyler Smith isn't going to be your starter at left tackle, right? Only he is. And has he not been pretty freaking good? Has it not been way better than you thought? Because it has me. And Connor McGovern's going to be the guy. Okay, all right. He's done it before, but not very good. And okay, how's that going to work on the left side? On the cow on, on the quarterback's blind side, it's been pretty damn good. So if you think in during this holiday season when you're giving thanks, Thanksgiving and on into Christmas, there's plenty to give thanks for. And Tyler Smith is part of it. So is Connor McGovern. The fact that Tyron Smith is now coming back is, is part of it. A kicker in Brett Maher, who this team cut, along with four other NFL teams and four CFL teams, has made three kicks over 60 yards. He's 21 for 24, and he can't seem to do anything wrong the hell how is that happening don't ask just step back and realize pretty darn good and then you grab the mvp of the usfl you never even heard of Cavante turpin unless he went to your college and he's been good he's helped right his his bobble of the ball was it last week was the first time other than that Cavante turpin looks like he fits right in he makes big plays and it's nice when you're returning kicks and punts when every now and then you have somebody back there who goes 42 yards or as he did in twice in one game in the preseason, 80 and 81. It's a big deal. Can't take any of this for granted. So much has lined up for this team. And I don't know about you, but I've watched enough sports that I believe in this shit. When it all starts to line up and things start to go your way. Now, they've had their issues and they've got injury issues, but the kicker, the offensive line coming together, Zeke and Pollard staying healthy and just getting better and better. Dak really out at the wrong time, but then it turned out to be the wrong time because Cooper Rush is a hero. Only Cooper Rush wasn't even on this roster on opening day. They exposed him for everyone else to pick him up because they thought, no one wants Cooper Rush. We don't even want Cooper Rush. And damned if he didn't earn himself a bunch of money, didn't he? I mean, you cannot look these gift horses in the mouth. This, this is what happens in big-time sports and in the NFL, Major League Baseball, or anything else, when you look back at championship runs and you think about your favorite players or what they did right or they did wrong, you also, if you're a true fan, you remember back of, how did we do that? How, how, how did the Mavericks in 2011 blow through Oklahoma City and Miami and all of these good teams when none of us thought a Dirk Nowitzki-led team could be that great? How did that happen? A bunch of old guys on a team and they all came together? And, and the right teams, I mean, it happens. And it happens damn near every year. It's not always just, well, the Patriots are great. They were great from beginning to end. They have the best quarterback and the best coach, and they just always fucking win. It's not the way it goes. How did Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl with his Pro Bowl quarterback getting hurt and a backup in in 2017? Shouldn't have. How did Dumbface in New York win two Super Bowls against the Patriots? Makes no sense whatsoever. But a lot of it was really good play defense, hard-ass guys, strong-minded players, depth, and a lot of luck. A lot of luck. Staying healthy at the right time, getting the right guys playing well at the right time. And again, here we are. In the last four games of the season, this is when really good teams, and, and just embrace it, this Cowboy team is really good. They might lose in the first round. They might lose at Tampa in the first round. They might, but I don't think so. Either way, embrace this. It's the holidays. You've got a team that's now won, what is it, 22 games in the last two years, back-to-back double-digit double win seasons for the first time since 95, 96. It's a gift. 
And these guys are really good, and a lot of things have had to go well to get to this point. So think about this. It's probably going to go well from here on out, not the opposite. Stop having that discussion or that conversation with your father and your grandfather about 26 years of futility and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the same. It's not the same. And the truth is, from year to year, it's never the same. Ask any NFL team. There's a turnover rate of 30% on NFL teams from year to year. You just don't notice it because you like your favorite players, and most of them are still here. This is this thing has been great. So the Jaguars and the Cowboys on Sunday, the Jaguars will not roll over. They have a good head coach. They have a hot young quarterback. They got skilled position players that will be a problem. So when you think back of what do the Cowboys need to continue to do better to get better, run defend. So shut down Travis Etienne, take care of those ends getting pushed in a little bit, get your corners and safeties up and get them ready to tackle, uh, cover Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Don't let Evan Ingram have some freaky game and go off and get continue to get this offense rolling. But I will agree with you on this. 39 passes last week versus 24, 25 runs was ridiculous. And I honestly think, this is not making a, an excuse, I honestly think the Cowboys came out overly aggressive on offense last week, wanting to blow out Houston, get ahead, get some guys off the field, get a little bit of rest ahead of the Jaguars, and then look out for the Jaguars. Instead, it didn't work. Turnovers happened. Things went wrong. It's the NFL. But again, McCarthy, who I am beginning to absolutely love as a man and as a coach, and I hope he stays here for the next 15 years. I swear to God, the difference between him and Jason Garrett seems minuscule. It's massive. It's massive. And they respond to him, and they respond to Dan Quinn. This is this is a special season. Something really good is going to happen. And the truth is, something really good has already happened. Your team's 10-3. and three. And they're taking on the Jaguars. They're going to be 11 and 3. 11 and 3. You're going to be looking at Christmas Eve with the Eagles coming to town. You're going to be like, our team's 11 and 3. We're going to beat the Eagles. We're going to jump up in the NFC East. What fucking fun is that? I mean, it's fantastic. This has been a great season. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you have enjoyed your holidays to this point. I know you can get everything on Amazon and have it delivered to your door, but I implore you to do what I'm going to do. Get out there. Elbow some people out of the way. Get a really special gift for your wife or your girlfriend or your favorite child if you have more than one or for all your children if you're really doing well. But there's something to the task and the effort and the thought and the heart that it puts into going out amongst them and finding a special present, even if it costs you 10 bucks, for someone that you truly love. I, I really feel that way. I'm getting really old and sentimental and Amazon banging on my door. Shit, if they stood out in the parking lot and wrapped it before they brought it to me, I might never leave the house. But I'm going shopping and I hope you'll do the same. I'm Brady Tinker. This is Off of the Helmets, courtesy of DSP Media and Fanstream Sports. Had a great time doing the show with you today. Look for a good game. Cowboys, Jags, Sunday in Jacksonville. And notice... How you hear Cowboys fans in Jacksonville. Let's go Cowboys. There's going to be 50,000 of them. Be proud of that as well. Happy holidays to y'all. I'm Brady Tinker for DFW Sports Beat and Off of the Helmets. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you next week on Wednesday and then on Friday.